So this is the advice I will leave our lovely listeners with. If you want to avoid all this, consider a career in funeral undertaking. Because you know what? You'd never have to get the pushback. People are usually pretty calm and everybody's going to die. So they're going to need you at some point. Well, because of the anxiety, everyone's having heart attacks and strokes. And because of the aggressive driving, there's plenty of wrecks out on the highway. So business is booming, unfortunately. There's the dark humor that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Wait till the aggressive driving starts happening with the hearse. Here's how <laughs> Brian and Ben got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's time for a very special episode of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. It's not like that episode, the special one of Different Strokes, where Dudley, it didn't end well for him when Gordon Jump owned the bike shop. You have to be really old to get that reference. Otherwise, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> but it scarred me for life, and maybe that's why I needed some therapy. And here's how this podcast works generally. I am Brian Mulhern. I am a longtime mental health patient. Now, Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist, and we try to take some of the stigma away from therapy and mental illness week in and week out by showing both sides of the equation. However, Courtney is not here for episode 98, but who is here is our good friend Ben DeCastro. Thank you, and I will be the mental health professional today. Yeah, you don't have any <laughs> credentials. You're just some random dude that's that right. we know, and that's good enough for our purposes. <laughs> I was on YouTube once. Maybe you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> no. He is a social media influencer, and we're going to be looking for your influence this morning as we discuss a little something that happened within the last week involving comedian and talk show host Bill Maher. He was on a podcast with Bella Thorne, and he started picking on the actress when she started talking about her anxiety and her struggles with that. And he immediately jumped in and said, what is it with you kids and anxiety? What is causing all the anxiety? And she tried to explain that there is constant bad, bad everywhere you look. And he said, how can you be that bleeping concerned about what's going on in the world? I know what's going on in the world. I should have the anxiety. I follow it. You kids don't follow it. You don't know what the bleep is going on in the world. What are you upset about? At which point she had to tell him about the fact that she had been molested as a child and discuss some other horrible things that had happened to her. And he immediately backed off. But people are just piling on and piling on with him. And I do have to say this. And apparently they had done a shot of alcohol before this whole thing started. So that may have clouded his judgment. But to some degree, as an old... I know where he's coming from because there are a lot of younger people who would love to sell you this bill of goods that they have had it harder than anybody ever has. And I think every generation probably does that. There is kind of a lack of awareness of what's going on. Look, I have a 22-year-old in the house who's getting all of his information from his friends and TikTok and not necessarily from hard news sources. While here I am with a job on the radio, I'm reading everything on both sides. I have to educate myself so I don't sound like an idiot. And some Sometimes people of that generation will start talking out of their you-know-what, and I'm like, you really are not in any position to weigh in on this because you don't have enough of a background on it. That having been said, I do think this is a very difficult time to grow up because you are just exposed to so much information. It's hard to be a kid anymore. You're overwhelmed by it. You don't know what to make of a lot of things. There is social media. There's more ways for you to get bullied. I always say we have too much experience 
exposure to each other. And I think that can cause some complications. So I think here, in this particular instance, the truth maybe lies in the middle. And I do think that sometimes, too, another problem with the younger generations, they grow up with the everyone gets a participation trophy, we don't keep score, there are no valedictorians, and everything is just so downy soft that when they finally hit the real world, they can't handle it. And maybe that's why they're having more problems. Now, where the random dude in Ben DeCastro comes in, yes. you have a three-year-old. Yes. And with all of this and with everything that I'm discussing, does any of that affect, in any way, do you think, how you are raising her or how you are going to raise her? Because a lot of times, we don't have a say in the matter. You know, there are things where, oh, education is going to teach them about this, and it doesn't matter what you think, this is what we're going to do. This organized sport is not going to allow you to keep score. Everyone's going to get a trophy. Even if you don't agree with it, you have to be complicit because you have no other choice. Yeah. So you said a lot of things there. And here's the deal. And this is something I think that Susan, my wife, and I will be approaching growing up. And maybe you had the same kind of upbringing because there's only a few years. There's about 10 years between you and I. I'm 51. And you are? 41. There you go. I was always told you could trust people in authority. You can trust these people, this and that. We're going to make sure we talk to Callie specifically about who we trust, who do we listen to, who do we share secrets with. And at some point, maybe you don't divulge, you don't say everything, you just kind of realize where you are and bring up the topics accordingly. Now, Bella is 24 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I compared this recently. Many people know that I like the Barstool product and doing what I do, I have to keep my eye on everything. And this past summer, there was one point where a podcast host who is in his mid-40s made some comments, and it's part of the show, it's comedy-based show, made some comments about one of the younger employees at Barstool. That employee came on his podcast, called in and said, well, maybe you should leave. This is like a family to me and this and that. And the mid-40s-year-old host said, dude, this is a comedy podcast. If you are taking this too seriously, then you need to back off. And when he started rationalizing it with the 24-year-old, because the 24-year-old was making these allegations towards the host, the host said, have you done this with the other people at Barstool in their office? Because they've done this, which is similar. Well, no, because they're my friends. Okay. So I think there's also a generational thing with the 24-year-olds right now, these millennials and ex-centennials and everything, where they just, because of the social media, and again, I work in this field, they've put so much out there, they don't know when to hold them, and they don't know when to fold them. And it's one of these things, too, where they have just been beaten over the head with the wokeness stick so much, right. they do lose all ability to have a sense of humor about anything, themselves, anybody else. I talk about it many times here on the podcast. This is why Jerry Seinfeld says, I'm not touring colleges anymore. It's pointless. They don't get anything. They don't laugh. I can sit there and watch an episode of Seinfeld with my 22-year-old in the hair. (gasps) Practically every time there is a joke, and I'm just sitting there saying, oh my God, because first of all, I really need for comedy to survive (laughs) in order to continue making a living, and it drives me crazy. Can I videotape the two of you watching All in the Family? (laughs) Oh my God, can you even imagine? How about you videotape us watching that episode of Different Strokes with Gordon Jump and Dudley? (laughs) 
<laughs> you want to see the 22-year-old get uncomfortable. I can't even believe I was allowed to watch that at the age of nine. <laughs> but I digress. This is the interesting position that you find yourself in, Ben. And yes, I was raised a certain way about respecting authority. And now they're being raised to question everything yeah, yeah. and to not trust anything. And again, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. But when it comes to Callie, your three-year-old, as she gets older and as she wants a phone and as she wants to get onto TikTok or whatever is the thing at that time, you're in a position where, as a social media influencer, you use this stuff all the time. So if you try to put restrictions on it, she's going to get in your face and say, well, aren't you being a hypocrite? You're all over this yourself. Why are you trying to limit what I'm trying to do and keep me from being my own person and saying what I'm going to say? Have you already started strategizing as to how you're going to handle that kind of thing as she gets older and gets introduced to this big, giant mess that we're talking about? Yeah, we're going to send her to boarding school. Uh, no, <laughs> With we, no Wi-Fi. <laughs> we have talked about it, and as a person who works in this field, I have to constantly evaluate how much of myself that I put out there. I don't take photos of where I am and post them immediately, unless, of course, I'm filling in here with you or doing something instant. But we go out to dinner somewhere with the family, or we go to the beach, or we do something. I'll take a few photos. You won't see those photos till a few days later, right. even Easter, just because I try to take the photo and then put the phone away because I want to be in the moment. I want to enjoy that. So I'm constantly evaluating what I'm sharing when I'm sharing it. I don't share everything about Callie. And at some point, I will have to have a discussion with her and Susan and I, because we're a team, saying, look, not everything needs to be public. There are issues that need to be talked between you, mommy and daddy, or you can come to us and trust us or anything like that. There needs to be this constant. And I think that's missing. I think a lot of times I'm not blaming parents for checking out, but at some point, because the thing, well, I survived. Or they become so overwhelmed by everything. They're just like, I can't control all of these things. I give up. And right. that's frustrating. And in terms of posting responsibly, you make an excellent point on a couple of different levels, because there were many stories where people would go on vacation and put up their photos of them being in this tropical land, saying where they were. Meanwhile, people are on all of the social saying, oh, they're not home. This is now the perfect time to break into their house and steal everything. Right. So sometimes you have to think even in that way. Yeah. And that's the way I think you're going to have to approach this with Cali. You're going to almost have to compare social media to a loaded gun in that I can be a gun owner because I know where the safety is. I know how to handle the gun responsibly. And in some ways, that's how you have to be with social media. You know what works, what doesn't work from experience, from mistakes that you've made. And much like you're not going to hand a loaded gun to an 11 year old, it's not necessarily a good idea to just throw them out there on socials right. out onto the internet, which we all know is the wild, wild west and a sewer, and a lot of harm can come to young people. That's the challenge that presents itself for you. Yeah, and nowadays, as soon as somebody pops up on the scene, somebody new, I think about after the Super Bowl, the Rams were celebrating. Who's the quarterback there for the Rams? Oh, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. He's on stage, and some girl fell off the stage. Right. He backs up and is trying to get help or whatever, and the world comes at him and attacks him for this photographer who fell off the stage. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the world does its dirty work and looks into the background of the photographer, and oops, she used the N-word back in 2013 on Twitter. Cancel her. Right. It's this whole thing. It's like, once you put this stuff out there, you have to be she so She deserves ca- to fall. 
Absolutely. Off. He shouldn't have helped her as if he knew that she did that exactly. back in 2013. Yeah, you have to be so careful. You're right. Social media, people don't know how to handle it. And you know what? It's not just the kids. It's the older people. And honestly, I find that people in their 50s and 60s don't know how to handle it more than kids at some point with some of the stuff they're doing and tweeting and posting and picking fights and everything. It's like, you're getting too into this. you got to pack off a little bit. But when it comes to Callie, my daughter, our daughter, Susan and I, we will certainly evaluate things as it goes. You cannot right now in April 2022 set a precedent. Okay, this is how it's going to be. You can't set the plan for the next Yeah, you have to evolve. Things are just changing so quickly. There really is no way to prepare yourself. And that is one of the ways that you have to work around anxiety in general, which is what Bella was talking about. Sure. To freak out about what's going to happen in the future. And it's something that might not happen or it might, but there's nothing you can do in advance to stop it. You kind of have to work on that. And it's very similar to what you're speaking about as a parent. And you have to know what you're getting into. What I was talking about with Barstool, with that podcaster and that other personality there, you have to know what you're getting into. Bella needs to know what she's getting into with Bill Maher. Did she even watch any of his content? Does she have any idea who he is? Exactly. And a lot of people like what he has to say. And he goes over the line and stuff. This is part of how he is. Okay, I need to learn how to deal with this and not make it awkward for me. And unless that was her whole intent was just to go on there and flip out. Well, we're both fans of maybe some dark comedy from time to time. Dark comedy stuff. Yeah, dark humor is a lot like freedom. Not everybody gets it. Exactly. But you are also the dad of a young woman. So when it comes to this exchange that Bill Maher had with Bella, do you find yourself knee jerk more protective of her in that situation? Or is being a parent such a relatively new thing to you that you understand where Bill was coming from? Or are you seeing both sides here? I see both sides. And again, I come back to if you're going to go on somebody's show, if you're going to do something in that sense, you're going for a job interview, you're going to an event and you know these people are going to be there or whatever. It takes a few minutes. You got to do your research. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Step back and then realize how much of yourself are you going to put out there? And how are you going to handle if it gets awkward? Because you have to think about that. You have to think about these things in advance now because, again, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has that device that will make you viral in 0.7 seconds. Yeah, whether you like it or not, and when you least expect it. Hello, Chris Rock, Will Smith, and all of that. Hello, Mike Tyson on a flight recently. Yeah, as we record here, on a flight, bloodying up a guy who apparently was harassing him, and of course, everything is being videotaped these days. And In some cases, thank God, but in other cases, maybe it's not always the best thing. The one question that I have for you, though, is as a parent of a three-year-old, and Obviously, when your parents were raising you and you were three, as you said, things were so different then. What do you think are the biggest challenges now of being a parent of somebody that young that wasn't even on the radar of your parents way back when? So Callie is at the point where she will say things that aren't necessarily true. She said the other day to us, so-and-so at school hit me. Well, did they really? And they do a little drilling down. If she were to flip that around and say that to her teachers, mommy hit me or daddy hit me, Mm -hmm. it's gone so far beyond the, okay, we need to question this. No, they're on the phone to 1-800-RI-CHILD or these different things. And it's so different. So we have to start talking to her about what is the truth, what is not true. Well, we used to live in a society where it was innocent until proven guilty. And now we live in cancel culture. Right, (laughs) exactly. All it takes is the allegation. And you always believe the 
child. Right. That's the thing. And you never question it. And sometimes people say, to a certain extent, you always believe women when it comes to things like that. And some men who have been canceled, we were speaking about Aziz Ansari on the morning radio show that you were filling in on this morning. When everything was going crazy and the likes of Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein were being taken down for good reason, Louis C.K., who seems to be making a bit of a comeback Matt here. Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer, for example. There was some shrapnel people were getting hit that didn't necessarily deserve it, where maybe somebody had what she considered to be a bad date with Aziz Ansari, and when you look at everything else by comparison, it seems rather innocuous. Well, Aziz went bye-bye for a little while sure. and is just trying to come back now with a movie that he wrote and directed, and now Bill Murray has done something allegedly inappropriate, and they have to investigate that, and now they've shut that down. It's getting to a point, I don't know how entertainment is going to be able to exist under these parameters, and I know that things are cyclical. I mean, just look at how the presidency is going now. Oh, yeah. Democrat, Republican, Democrat, just keeps going back and forth, and it's probably going to come around eventually, but boy, some days, it feels like it's not, and when you see this interaction between Bill Maher and Bella Thorne, and the outrage that has resulted, and the Mike Tyson thing, sometimes you lose hope when it comes to things like this, and that's what brings anxiety on the rest of us. Sure, and looking at it from a comedy perspective, too, because obviously it's a lot different to do comedy nowadays, and you can see all the interviews, and Bill Burr is just making the rounds recently, talking about different things and different points of the comedy. The two people who handle it the best, by the way, yeah. Bill Burr and Ricky Gervais. Oh, sure, absolutely. But look at what happened right after the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock had a show at the Wilbur in Boston. The speculation of what you're going to do. Even if that wasn't happening, they're having you go into these comedy shows and put your phone in a secured mm-hmm. bag where it can't be accessed, it's sealed, because they don't want you posting something and getting it taken out of context. Now, part of it is, okay, they don't want you pirating it on the internet. But the other part of it, I think, has to be, okay, I want this to be in context here before it goes viral and before I get canceled for nothing because you took a clip that was a minute and boiled it down to 10 seconds. But for as many precautions as they try to take, there was still audio and some video that got out. Somehow somebody snuck something in, and that's also the world that we live in, where, again, we're just exposed almost to too much And it's getting to a tipping point where I think it's almost causing too many problems. No, you're absolutely right. And folks, at this point, we'll just say delete everything. Delete, delete, delete. (laughs) Life was a lot simpler before a lot of this technology, but we live in this gotcha society. As you say, too, going back nine years on somebody's Twitter account to cancel them for something, where, and Courtney talks about this all the time, you have to put into context the time and place where certain behaviors were acceptable. Now, the N-word, never acceptable. So I'm not defending that. No, I would understand. But maybe a certain style of humor, like you say, in All in the Family, that might not be able to be made in a climate like today, or a Mel Brooks movie, or something like that. Those were just the times, and sometimes we have to accept it. And the thing is, we're becoming less accepting of each other, and that's where cancel culture comes in, and that's where you get things like every single thing that I think my 22-year-old is going to say, okay, boomer, and just dismiss it out of hand and not consider it any more than that. not even a boomer. (laughs) I know, but you know how they operate. Anybody who's older than them is a boomer now. And then, of course, my attitude is, what do you guys know? Like I said, everybody wins a trophy. You're not paying attention to anything. And that's how I dismiss them in one fell swoop. And that's how we're all becoming way too close-minded. And we've got to try to find a way to fix that. And unfortunately, that's the difficult job that you have as a parent right now. No, absolutely. And interestingly enough, I went back to that interview that I was talking about through podcast last 
last week just because I was listening to some old stuff and it just kind of hit me. It's like, okay, here is a 46-year-old male trying to talk and engage a 24-year-old male and having to stop him consistently and say, hold on, stop. Here's the situation. And like stop the person so many times, that part of the interview took 10 minutes. Right. That's an eternity for a teenager or a person in their early 20s. You don't get that opportunity. In watching what happened there, that transaction, that interaction, I should say, they won't give you the time, most cases, to defend yourself or to make the comparisons. They don't want to hear it. Let me give you a perfect example of what you're talking about. And I never would have been exposed to this if not for the pandemic. Now, my wife has had numerous jobs working for various nonprofits, and she has been an executive director and a manager of people. And she would come home before and I would say, how was your day? And she'd say, oh, this, that, the other thing. Tell me a couple of anecdotes and that would be it. Well, COVID hits. Suddenly my wife is doing her work from home and suddenly I'm home during the day because I have a morning radio show. So I'm sitting there overhearing every single Zoom that she's having and I'm starting to notice this pattern over time. When she has to explain something to somebody who is, let's say, 40 or older, the Zoom is maybe five to 10 minutes in length. When she has to have the same conversation with somebody who is 25 or younger, that conversation sometimes runs a half hour or more because they constantly, as you say, question everything. They don't trust anything. They have an excuse for everything. And as I say, they're used to being catered to on so many levels that when they get pushed, they don't want to be pushed. They ask why they're being pushed. They don't take responsibility for anything. And again, This may sound like me being very dismissive in one fell swoop, but when my wife would come out of her office and heave that sigh, I always say to her, let me guess who you were just talking to. And 100% of the time, I could always nail who it was just based on how that Zoom went. Right, yeah. There's such an entitlement there of information. Mm -hmm. They think they need to know why. They want to know how the decision was made, why this doesn't apply to somebody else. They can't just take the answer and go. And what they don't understand is by being that way, and this is also affecting them in the same department, if I have to hold your hand that much and answer that many questions and babysit you that much, I can't get my own job done. And this is your way of delaying me and wasting your time and my time. So in turn, you are not getting your job done. When the you-know-what hits the fan, who's going to get in trouble for that? Is it going to be the young 24-year-old who's asking all the questions, or is the heat going to come down on the 50-something-year-old director? Why aren't you getting results? And then they don't want to hear your excuse for it, that, look, I'm having to spend so much time micromanaging other people, trying to get them to do the right thing. I can't even do my job. And then on top of that, they're not doing theirs. This is where things are just getting so out of control. Yeah, and then they have to start adding personnel into the mix, which cuts into the pricing structure and the finances. We need a chief feelings officer. We need a chief explaining officer or something like that, because you're right, the job's not getting done and we've got to coddle and cater. And this is where it's relevant to this podcast in particular, because we all know the toll that the pandemic took on everyone's mental health, not being able to do anything and having to stay inside, having to interact with your family more and how that caused a lot more in the way of divorce and all of those other things. But when you get put into this situation where, first of all, you're not working directly with people. So managing people, you can't be as effective sometimes because you're not in the same room with them. And then you start getting frustrated. 
the person who you're talking to starts to get anxious. And now this is mental health problem piling on to mental health problem piling on to others. And this is why I think everyone is in such an unsafe place right now. And therapy is more relevant than ever. Right. You and I were having a discussion on the morning radio show today about how aggressive driving and road rage is on the rise since we've been coming out of the pandemic because people aren't used to having other cars on the road right. and they start losing their minds. And there's this statistic that says American drivers, 56% of them think road rage is okay. They think aggressive driving <laughs> yeah. is okay. Yeah. And once again, that's something that is also causing so much the way of physical and emotional pain and stress. It just feels like things are getting worse and worse and it's getting harder to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And this is where you have to take the bull by the horns and get some professional help to make sure you don't get sucked into this vortex. So this is the advice I will leave our lovely listeners with. If you want to avoid all this, consider a career in funeral undertaking. Because you know what? You'd never have to get the pushback. People are usually pretty calm and everybody's going to die. So they're going to need you at some point. Well, because of the anxiety, everyone's having heart attacks and strokes. And because of the aggressive driving, there's plenty of wrecks out on the highway. So business is booming, unfortunately. There's the dark humor that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Wait till the aggressive driving starts happening with the hearse. Here's how <laughs> Brian and Ben got canceled. <laughs> well, Ben DeCastro, you're an absolute delight. Thank you. I, I try. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us on episode 98 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney is going to be back next week, and we'll discuss why she was absent, and perhaps that will be an episode all unto itself, as that'll be episode 99 as we approach that big centennial. We 100, are baby. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. In the meantime, you can always get in touch with us, socials, at Cat Country Mornings on most of those platforms. And of course, we have individual pages. That would be Courtney Kelly, Courtney with a C, EY for Kelly, Bedard sometimes. I'm Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. Ben, where can they find you on socials, you big influencer? Just, just type in Ben DeCastro on any search engine. It'll pop up. I'm not the photographer from California. I'm the cute guy from Rhode Island. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who has photos of himself doing the polar plunge in a Speedo. I look good. <laughs> he really and truly does. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to go spend the rest of my day ogling those photos. Well, good luck. You'll probably be canceled <laughs> just because much. of that. And in the meantime, use your influence, my friend, to let people know about Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian and the rest of you the same. Tell them they can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can use your smart devices. Google is very helpful in finding us as well. Ben DeCastro, I love you. Thanks so much, my man. Likewise. We'll see you soon. My best to Susan and Callie, and we'll see the rest of you on episode 99 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Yeah. Hey.